Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. Y'all get that. Y'all watching the text. It's in the text. I'm not making this up. So he had the 12. He took three out of the 12. He brought them over to this garden of Gethsemane. Then he says to them, y'all stay here, but I'm still going over there, and I'm going to have privacy in prayer that I might talk to God. So it's good to have partners in prayer and have people partnering with you in prayer, but you still need to have privacy in prayer. But he goes a little further, falls down before the Lord, and he prays privately to the Father. And we need to be able to do that. And when we pray privately to the Father, just pour your heart out to him just how you feel it. With all the pain, with all the agony, with all the stress, with all the anxiety, talk to your father and tell him how you feel. In fact, the text here, as you examine this text in all the Gospels, what you find out is as Jesus is here in the garden praying, he's praying with such agony, he's praying with such intensity that the Bible says there were drops of sweat like great drops of blood that were coming off of him because he was so intensely having conversation with his father in prayer. He doesn't hold back anything. He doesn't go with the eloquencies of speech and vernacular. No, he lays it out with all the passion and all that he feels that's going on inside of him. I want to encourage you, when you talk to the Lord in prayer, when you're praying in preparation for what's coming your way, just lay it all out on the line. If you've got to cry, cry. If you've got to shut your door, shut your door. If you've got to turn up the music so nobody can hear you in there hollering and screaming, go ahead, turn the music up. But do whatever you need to do when you get privately before God, get before him and lay it out before him just how you feel it. So secondly, as you pray, these preparations of prayer, we learn that we pray with partnership and in private, but we also pray in the possibilities of God. Listen to him in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. This is, this is Jesus. He says, after he went a little further, he prayed to his father. He says, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. I love this. We have got to learn how to pray in the possibilities of God. He says, if it's possible, even though Jesus knows what's coming, he knows what's on the way. He's God. At the same time, he's man. Even though he knows what's coming, he still asks his father if there's a possibility of doing it another way. Lord, if Jesus can ask his father for the possibility of redeeming mankind another way at that moment, how much more should you and I be able to pray into the possibilities of God? 
Now, I need you to hear this because Jesus is saying, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, this bitter cup that I have to face. It, Lord, if it's, if it's possible that this bitter cup of taking on all the sin of the world, if it can pass away, if we can do it some other way, God, if this bitter cup that I have to drink of, if, if that's coming my way, if there's a way for me to get around experiencing this painful death of sin and mockery and shame, if there's another way, God, of me getting around being distanced from you and having you turn your back on me, if there's another way, God, if it's possible. He prays in the possibilities of his father. And he says, Lord, if it's possible, let the cup pass from me. Listen, the possibilities of God are endless. Now, let me talk about our lives because our situations are never going to be as critical as Jesus is all right there. These are, these are eternal ramifications for everybody right here in the text. We're really not usually dealing with those kind of eternal ramifications. I mean, the whole world is not going to hell in a handbasket if you don't get it right. Y- y'all get me? Y'all understand me? The depth of his situation is far deeper than ours. But watch this. But for us, if we can pray in the possibilities of God, what we've got to understand that no matter what you're facing, God has possibilities of it working out another way. And his possibilities are endless. Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, speaking to his disciples in relationship to the rich man being able to go to heaven, he says, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Can I deposit that in your spirit? All things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. I know the doctor said that she's going to die, but all things are possible with God. And so we've got to learn how to pray. God, I know that the doctor said mama's not going to live, but if it's possible, can you work it out another way? I know that the lawyer said my child has going to do some prison time, but Lord, if it's possible, can we work it out another way? I know that they said I've got to go through this surgery, but if it's possible, can we do this another way? I know that this seems like I'm going to lose my house and my car, but if it's possible, Lord, you got to learn how to pray in the possibilities of God. I guarantee you there's some folks sitting on your row this morning who have prayed in the possibilities of God, and God has worked some miracles in their life. Do I have any witnesses in the house? As they say, it ain't over till God says it's over. And God's always got possibilities. He's always got another way. He's always got power to change the future. He's always got a way to change in the lawyer's mind. He's always got a way of being judged that's higher than the judge in the courtroom. He's always got a way of being a doctor in a sick room. He's always got a way if it's possible. We got to pray in the possibilities of God. Pray, Lord, is there another way? If there's another way, I see it coming. But if there's another way, then he comes back and he says, but not my will. But rather, watch this. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. We got to pray with partnerships and in private for God's will. We got to pray in the possibilities of God's will. But thirdly, we have to pray for the preference of God's will. Jesus prays in the possibility of God's will, but he also comes back and he says, but I prefer your will be done. I'm asking for a possibility. Nevertheless, not as I will, but my preference is that your will be done. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. It's okay to pray in the possibilities of God. That's good because the possibilities of God usually include our will. It's kind of the way we want it to work out. 
But the preference of God says, God, I trust that whatever your will is, is better than my possibility. I'm trusting you, God, to work it out. So I prefer your will to be done. Lord, have mercy. I would suggest that life should teach you that God's will is always better than yours. Lord, have mercy. I know that there's some things that you wanted and you wanted badly, but God didn't let you have them. But later on, God allowed you to see that his will worked out better than yours. I think we've got to just learn how to trust God enough to say, God, I know that you will have my best interest in mind. God, I know that you're not going to kill me nor destroy me. I know that you're going to work it out for my good and for your glory. I trust you, Lord. We've got to pray, God, I prefer your will to be done. I prefer that you make the choice for me. Oftentimes I have this conversation about with people trying to consider, you know, is this the right person for me? You know, I really want to know, is this the right man? Should I marry him or should I marry her? Is this the right woman? One of the things I learned in this whole scenario about things like that, it's always better to let God's choice be the choice. You know why? What usually happens when we're, like, pursuing some particular person, man or woman, most of us have a list that they must have the majority of items checked off. Amen, Jesus and the walls. And if they don't meet the list, we immediately reject them because they don't meet our list. And our list is based on our preferences because we trust ourselves to make that kind of decision as to who we like and what ought to be right for us. Amen, Jesus and the walls. However, mm -hmm, life has taught you that just because he was tall, dark, and handsome didn't mean that he was right. Life has probably taught you just because she was 36, 24, 36 with the right color hair and the right color skin didn't mean she was right for you. I'm trying to talk to somebody. And so if we've already learned that, the best thing to do is to recognize and acknowledge that I don't have the insight to be able to make right decisions for myself. I've got to trust God who knows who's good for me. God is the one who made me. God is the one who shaped me. God knows what's best for me. And so I'm going to recuse myself from the decision-making process, and I'll just trust God to make the decision for me. What Jesus says in essence is, I have some ideas about how we can work this another way, and I got some plans how I can dodge taking on all the sins of the world and having all this rejection and being beaten down and all that. But Lord, not as I will, but I rather trust your will. And I prefer your will be done, not mine. Y'all see that in the text? He's helping us here to to understand that the will of God is better than our own. Not as I will, but as you will. Jesus goes back to his disciples and they're sleeping and he has the brief conversation with them. Peter specifically, the first in verse 40. You know, Peter had just now said, I'm going to be there with you. Ain't nobody going to hurt you. I got your back. I'm, I'm the man, all that. And now just less than an hour, he didn't fell asleep praying. I'm just trying to talk about people for a moment. I just throw that in. You know, people be telling you everything, but they ain't, 
They don't have, and he, he says, he gives them an out. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Not only Peter, but James and John, they've got problems and struggles with keeping their eyes open. Text says their eyes was heavy. They had them heavy eyes. Amen. And they was falling asleep on Jesus. Verse 42, and again, the second time he went away and he prayed saying, oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus has demonstrated us in the process of this prayer so far in our preparation prayer that we pray with partnership and in private for God's will. We pray in, in the possibilities of God's will. We pray for the preference of God's will. But finally, he says here, and in the final verses, to pray in the power of God's will. Stay here with me. If this cup cannot pass away from me, in essence, Jesus knows it is inevitable. Since this cup cannot pass, since I've got to drink it, unless it's, just, if it's a situation where I, it just can't pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus realizes between the first prayer and the second prayer that there is no other way to accomplish the assignment that God has sent him on. He's now almost at the finish line, so to speak. He's lived out the 33 years of perfection. He's fulfilled the law to the letter. He's done it all. And now comes the very challenge and difficulty of bearing the sin of the world. Not only bearing the sin of the world, but experiencing the violence of sin that man has ascended to. And so he concedes, he, he surrenders to the will of God, understanding that in the will of God, there is power. God's will may be painful, but God's will is awesomely powerful. Can I talk to you for just a moment? I know that there are times when we go through some things, and the things that we go through are very painful. They're very crushing. They're very difficult, if I can say that. But at the same time, if we're in the will of God, there is power working through the pain. Lord, have mercy. And if I've been praying, if I've been communing with God, if I've been talking to my daddy, and I have conceded that my will in this situation is not the best for me, but I'm surrendering, God, that your will be done. Then what I do, if I can explain it this way, when I concede to the will of God, I am releasing all the power of heaven into my situation. Watch this, because whenever you're in the will of God, you are in the center of all the power that the universe possesses. There is no power outside the will of God, because God encompasses all the power. And so when you concede and you surrender to the will of God, when Jesus says, if there's no other way, I concede, I surrender, let your will be done. He, in essence, is, is saying, let the power of God manifest itself. I trust that God will work it out. Now, I know this is harder done than said. I mean, this is, yeah, easy for you to say, Pastor, when you're not going through my situation. But listen, 
If God is who he says he is, and if we trust him the way we say we trust him, then we've got to believe that the God we serve is better than anything else that exists and that he's more powerful than anything else that exists and that there's nothing too hard for him. Now, either we believe that or we don't. Now, if you don't believe that, I'm going to say either you've got to grow a little bit more in your understanding and comprehension of how big God is and how powerful he is and understanding what he's able to do because there's nothing he cannot do. Either that or you're just not a believer at all. You're just hanging out around church for the entertainment. But our God is capable of doing the impossible things because he possesses all the power that there is. Jesus surrenders to the will of God, but the will of God does not protect him from the pain. The will of God is going to lead Jesus to be betrayed by one of his own disciples. The will of God. The will of God is going to lead Jesus to go through six trials and still not be exonerated. He's got to go through three religious trials and as Caiaphas. The Sanhedrin tribe, he's got to go through three uh, civil trials. He's got to go to to Pilate and, and then again to Herod and then back to Pilate again. In all six trials, he's never exonerated. That's the will of God. The will of God is going to have him be held while a thief is being released. Somebody's going to say, Pastor, that's not fair. How can God's will exert on someone something that's not fair? It's not fair that an innocent man would die, but it's the will of God. Y'all got to see this thing. It's the will of God that's going to lead him into the, the place of being tortured and beaten and scourged. It's the will of God that's going to lead him down the Via Della Rosa. Oh, help me, Jesus. It's the will of God that's going to lead him to be thrown down and have his hands nailed to a rug cross and his feet nailed to a rugged cross. It's the will of God that's going to have a crown of thorns pressed into his skull. It's the will of God that's going to allow the Savior of the world to bear all of your sin and all of my sin. All of that's in the will of God. The will of God allows him to suffer. The will of God allows him to experience all the pain in the flesh. The will of God allows him to be crucified when he didn't even deserve to be crucified. The will of God is going to allow him to be buried in a borrowed tomb. The will of God is going to allow him to stay there for three days and three nights. But the will of God is also going to wake him up on the third day with all power in his hand. will of God doesn't remove the pain but the will of God is powerful the will of God allowed him to love you when you were unlovable the will of God allowed him now because of what he went through to step in on your behalf When you were wretched and undone, when I was wretched and undone, it's the will of God that said, love them anyhow. Can I get a witness in the house? It's because of the will of God that he'll come back and get you again and 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 again. That's all because of the will of God. There's power in the will of God. The power of God's will is such that you and I now have a guarantee 
of everlasting life. And all of that because his will be done and not ours. All of that because Jesus prayed in preparation. Jesus prayed for the power of the will of God to, to be manifest through what he had to go through. Listen, if it's up to you and me, if, if, if that, that thing that's coming, if it's up to you and me, we don't want to go through it. No, no, no. I'm going to pray, Lord, let that thing dissipate. Let the, let the cop not show up for the trial that day. Let them do another x-ray and everything be clear. We're going to pray around that thing. We not, none of us is praying, let's go through this. Let, God, I want to experience all the pain. I want to I get it all. Just make sure I get enough of it so that even the Percocet don't work. We, we ain't praying for that. We're not. But our will is short-sighted. And our will possesses no power. When we pray in the will of God and release our prayer and release our future and release our circumstances to the will of God, the power of God is able to be manifest in ways that no one could have ever thought. Eyes have not seen Ears have not heard, neither has it even entered into the mind of man what God has prepared when you release his power into your prayer. Are y'all still here with me? I want to encourage you as we study this text and as we try to open up this text that you begin to pray preparation prayers. Pastor, why do I need to pray those prayers? You need to pray those prayers because something's coming your way. Because life's unpredictable. You agree with me in the very beginning. And then there are some things you already know are coming. So you need to prepare yourself for those things that are coming. And, and they come in inevitable. Some things are inevitable. Some things you, you kind of know are coming, you know, like you got an appointment already for them. And then there's some other things that you don't necessarily have an appointment for, but you know is coming. You know, like old age. That's coming. You might as well start praying for that right now. Y'all 20, 30, 40-year-old folks, pray for that pain that you're going to have in the, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Pray about that. Pray about that geriatric medicine that you have to take. Pray about those situations. You need to start praying for that right now. You need to start releasing the power of God into that future. I wish somebody had told me that a while ago. You need to pray that that hair stays on top of the head. God, at least let me be able to adjust to not having none or show me what color dye to get or something. You know, you need to start praying about that thing right now. Prepare yourself because it's inevitable that these things are coming and the ultimate thing that we've got to prepare ourselves for is death because we're going to die. And if you don't get your life in order, if you don't prepare for that right now, you are going to be lost for eternity and we need to be praying, God, prepare me for thy kingdom. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your kindness. Lord, I pray that you would draw someone to you even right now. I'm praying in preparation for them because judgment is coming. And every man is going to have to stand before you and give account for the life that you allowed him to have. Everyone's going to have to be able to be judged according to your law, not their own. 
And so, God, I'm praying if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, I'm praying, God, in preparation for them that the power of God be released in their direction, that they might come to know you in the pardon of their sins today. Father, if anyone's drifted in fellowship, shall you draw them back today, God? If anyone's in need of you, draw them, God, according to their need. Spirit of the living God, I trust you and ask that your will be done and that your way be accomplished. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in Kingdom Building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.